This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello chickens, we're travelling back to 1986 with my theories. It's the fabulous Adam Richard. Uh, welcome back, and we're into episode two of The Trial of a Time Lord. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, Colin Baker is still the doctor, um, and he is very Colin Baker doctor today. Uh, the The trial scenes are the epitome of... <laughs> Of Colin Baker playing the Doctor, calling calling the Valiard every name he can think of under the sun that might be a vague pun, uh, is a delight. Uh, I was not happy with the resolution to the cliffhanger. I mean, if you're going to have a cliffhanger, it needs to be resolved in a satisfying way. Not in a way of the Valiard going, we're going to put the Doctor on trial for his life. And then the Inquisitor going, well, no, we're not. <laughs> The Valiard doesn't always get what the Valiard wants. Um, anyway, uh, I, <laughs> it's it's confronting. And we finally find out what happens to Perry because she got kidnapped towards the end of the last episode and we spend a lot of time with the Doctor uh, having rocks thrown at him, then he's going to be murdered again and then the Immortal uh, says, don't murder him, bring him to me and then unleashes some weird robot the L1 robot, which looks like a portable ATM that's got little tractors on the bottom. It's a very strange design. It it looks a little bit like one of the war machines from the old uh, William Hartnell episodes. Well, that, that is going back very, very, very far. Um, we finally find out that, uh, that Joan Sims' character has a name. She's Katrika, and she's the boss of all of the... <laughs> of the Mad Max Celts. Um, I don't know why I'm calling the Mad Max Celts because it's just like, when you say post-apocalyptic, I just think of Mad Max. Like, it's just hanging around in, a, like, we used to have good stuff and I've got guns and things, but we're still a weird agrarian society. Um, so Perry 
has to have a husband <laughs> or or a handful of them. Uh, and she gets to make a very funny joke uh, when she gets thrown into the cell with Dibber and Glitz. And Dibber's like, oh, yeah, women can have six husbands where I come from. She goes, yeah, same where I come from. Just one at a time. Very cute. Very cute, funny line. Uh, and Nicola Bryant is, you know, I feel like she's finally finding her feet in this role. Um, and this is her last season in the role, which is sad. Uh, but, you know, no one lasts more than three years in Doctor Who. Um, so, yes, she is... Gr- By the way, my friend Peter... <laughs> rang Peter. He's been watching this as well. And he said... Uh, he goes, well... What can I say? What's a good thing I could say about it? it was like, because, you know, he knows I like to do a positive podcast. Um, he goes, I like Perry's hair and her outfit. I'm like, okay, good. There we go. <laughs> so we meet Drathro. He is the immortal. Uh, he's a big robot. Um, he's been waiting for someone to come from Andromeda because of the sleepers. And then now the sleepers are dead. Uh, and he's also got two little dudes that he's pulled in from the other group of people that are living in the underground. Uh, water's precious to them. Uh, you can be arrested. You can, like, you only get a ration for three days of some tiny little bit of water, which is weird because it's raining upstairs. Um, but obviously, Drethro's told them there's fire. There's lots of fire. Uh, Glitz is going to get killed in this episode. Uh, Katrika has demanded that he be put on a fire. Uh, and burned alive, to which Dibber quips, wouldn't it be just quicker to shoot you in the head? It seems a, a waste of time. And it probably would have been quicker because they managed to, in the time it takes them to walk over to the pyre and be set on fire, um, they escape and Dibber blows up the black light pole thing, uh, the totem. So now they're being chased through the bushes. Uh, also, Tom Shadbon, who is in this episode... Uh, as the head of the train guards, what's his name? Marine, Maureen? I don't know. He's got a he's got a weird name. Um, <laughs> you knew I eventually I'd find someone whose name I didn't know. I've been good so far. Dipper and Glitz. I remember their names. Um, Katrika. Like that's an easy one to remember. It's <laughs> anyway. Maureen, <laughs> the train guard, Tom Shadbone's character, uh, he is funneling people out. So he he gets Balazar to escape with the Doctor. Um, and you know what's weird about the whole thing with uh, Hubcap and... Uh, is that his, he is called Hubcap, isn't he? And Skerrick or Remnant. I can't remember the other one's name. And then the Doctor calls them weird names anyway, so I, I'm doubly confused. Uh, so those two have been... Everyone thought they were eaten by the immortal, but they're in there learning things, which, again, is Robert Holmes kind of cribbing from his own previous work. Like, that was kind of something that happened in The Crotons, which is a Patrick Troughton series. I think it was the first one that um, Robert Holmes ever wrote for Doctor Who. Or I might be mistaken. Maybe he wrote another one. Anyway, uh, it's... uh, Maybe it was the first one he wrote on his own. It's... Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's a very old man at this point, and I'm, you know, bad Robert Holmes is still sometimes better than other terrible Doctor Who, or even good Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, it. It it's kind of, I feel like we're getting our, our greatest hits of Robert Holmes. <laughs> we've got wacky double acts all over the place, we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got, you know, 
the smartest people get fed to a giant robot machine. But yeah, so that's that's all that's happened really in this episode. It's it, it doesn't really move the story along that much. Like there's they've been caught a, a couple of times and they've escaped, and now the Doctor and Perry and Dibber and Glitz have all met up, and coming at them down the busted escalator are the Mad Max Celtic Savages, and on the other side is the scary ATM, uh, or Portaloo Odd Wheels, whatever that thing is, the, the other robot. So they're, they're, they're caught in a pincer movement, and things could go horribly wrong. Um, it's, there's some, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to love this episode, isn't it? Because there's not much happens, although Colin Baker gets to be spectacular. And I feel like the trial scenes... Uh, I know they're meant to be giving us sort of like, you know, an overarching storyline to go with, but they just feel like an interruption into the into the actual story that's happening. Not that much is going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm after a whole after season twenty two, which I remember enjoying parts of, this one I I found the doctor's costume too annoying and it's just, it's it's too garish. Like, it is too much. Like, uh, and I get that that's what that was, the, what they were going with at the time. The whole thing is weirdly lit. It is so bright. Like, it feels like we're watching a really extended sequence on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> like, seriously, like, it's, you've got guest stars coming out of the wazoo. Like, big names for the time. Like, you know, back then... Uh, Carry On movies were pretty much on every weekend. Like, every Friday night uh, after the Golden Girls and the Muppets on <laughs> Channel 7, you'd have a Carry On movie. Like, that was pretty much... Every, like, every week there was a Carry On movie on um, when I was a kid. And I loved them, even though they were probably rude and I wasn't meant to know what was happening in them. They frequently had very large men in very small dresses pretending to be nurses and no one batting an eyelid. Uh, and very camp people, because, you know... I used to love anyone who was vaguely camp. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Williams was my favourite actor in the world at that age. Kenneth Williams and uh, John Inman as Mr Humphreys in Are You Being Served. Can you tell that I was going to grow up to be a rather camp individual myself? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so having Joan Sims in the show was kind of like a big deal. She was a big, you know, she would have been on TV a lot then. And apparently Tony Selby, who played uh, Glitz, was was a big star, a big sitcom star in the UK. And I think I've seen the show that he was in, like he was in something about um, national service. And I remember watching a show about national service, uh, but like it would have been late at night. I used to watch a lot of things late at night. Uh, (laughs) Because I was a teenager. I was a spotty, spotty teenager. Uh, The other weird thing is like when this showed in Australia, it was episodes one and two jammed together and they were shown on Saturday nights for the first time in decades. Like, well, it was like 6 or six 6.45 or something on a Saturday on the ABC. Like, Doctor Who had been like a Monday to Thursday thing for as long as I could remember. And then finally, they went, oh, we're going to put it on Saturday for 45 minutes, which is weird because the previous series had been 45 minutes episodes and the ABC had cut them in half and shown them Monday to Thursday. And now 
that they've gone back to 25-minute episodes. The ABC had decided to jam them together. Anyway, who knows what's going on? Uh, that's the way it was when I was a kid. Um, all right, another episode tomorrow, uh, episode three of Trial of a Time Lord. Um, by the way, this one's called The Mysterious Planet when they talk about the chunks of the story. 